Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. Your personal growth matters, and we're here to help. All right, this is episode 28, and we are starting our new mini-series, Daring Greatly, by Brene Brown. Yes, Brene Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston, She's spent two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and she's the author of five number one New York Times bestsellers. So I guess she's all right. I think she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, so another reason that I really like Brene Brown on, and Angela Duckworth, they both have a way to tell us about their qualitative research, which is so hard to do. Do you remember doing our research, our action research in college? Yeah. Even the one in high school was rough. And you're like, oh, I survived and got yeah. my diploma. I'm never doing that again. And then right. you get to college. And did you do qualitative or quantitative for I your... Did qual- I did a survey, so that's qualitative. qualitative. Yeah. I did quantitative because I didn't want to have to do parameters oh, for qualitative. Uh, yeah, I picked the wrong one. Less work on the front end, Ooh. but a whole lot of work on the back end. Yes, and um, it's... Easy, easy to prove numbers according to certain things. So I like that these two authors in particular have found a way to take all of these years of research to finally say, ha we have come up with a way that makes sense and we can prove it now. So I like yeah, that. I do. I think it just goes back to this is another author that, um, you know, when your parents give you comfort words of wisdom or comforting advice and you're like, yeah, 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 that sounds good fortune teller cookie kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but and you want to believe it's true right but then like you said they come back and they have all this data and research to prove it's true and um how to make the most of those wise wise words right like with our grit mini series research proved that hard work beats talent and this mini series will prove that being vulnerable is a courageous act and it helps you live a wholehearted life And the big, big thing I'm learning as we go through each of these books is um, different definitions for words. Yes. So, like, for grit, some people might, you know, define that as, like, winning at all costs, blowing over the competition, you know, ruthless. But then when you look at her definition of grit, um, you'll see that it's very different. And we talked about our definition, being witty and gritty, Mm -hmm. what that means um, in an episode recently. And so, same thing here. Um, when you hear the word vulnerability, I feel like everyone that heard that, you know, immediately checked in with themselves. What does that mean to me? Yeah, right. And well, to hang in there, because chapter two talks about some myths around vulnerability and it kind of debunks mm-hmm. all the things that you might already be thinking. Right. So. so if that is you and you're like, oh, vulnerability, I'm out or lame, bye. <laughs> hang in there because um, I think you're going to be really interested in what she has to say. So... Whenever this book was mentioned to me, I was a little nervous at first because I believed some of the myths that we're going to talk about. So I was like, I'm out. Like, yeah. uh, no, thank you. But then after going through the book, working with it, talking to people about it, going through this with you, it's, it's I have improved with life. So, yeah. And that's especially helped my emotional growth. How we've talked about our four core values, it's really helped my emotional growth. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what we do here, right? So yeah. we find helpful information uh, that we found valuable and we want to share it with other people. And so, yeah, kind of like remember 
when we learned that the onesies have that weird folded thing here. Yes. That way when there's an explosion up the back, you take the onesie down. Down the sleeves. Don't drag it over your kid's head. drag the poop and try not to get it on their hair or face. Right. Yes. From your gesturing, it looks like you have a onesie on, but let's be clear, Farron is potty trained. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) No, but when I found that out, I went and I told everybody yes. yes yeah good news people it's like those things online where it's like i was today years old yes. when i found out oh the text message thing where you hold the space bar down or whatever to get to where so guys that's what we do here when we find <laughs> valuable information we want to take it and share it with as many people as possible <laughs> so that's why we're doing this book yes daring greatly so Brene brown gets this whole premise of the book from Teddy Roosevelt's speech, Man in the Arena. It's not called Man in the Arena, but it, it comes to this. So I'm going to read part of it. Here we go. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the greatest enthusiasms? The great devotions who spend themselves in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat? Mm. So, all that to say. Yep. Life is hard, and the go-getters, you know, they can relate and support each other, but you always got critics in the stand that haven't tried a day in their life. Yes, or they don't, they don't, it's the wise counsel, they're the people who are in the trenches with you or who have gone before you, Mm -hmm. and they're putting some value into your life instead of, I always think of like parents coaching in the stands. Uh, Well... You can definitely speak to that. (laughs) There was, I saw, I guess it was just a picture on Facebook, but it was uh, a checklist and you could only check one box and it was coach, referee, parent, or player. And then there was some words like, if you check more than one box, then you'll be, and it was a checkbox, a problem. And I thought that was hilarious and accurate. So Because again, not many people in the stands have actually coached or have the experience. Or... Even if they're Even the best coach do. in the yep. world, you are not in charge of that team. Yep. That coach needs to do their job. Let them. Mm-hmm. Your job is to be the parent yep. or whatever role you're in. Your kid just wants you to be their parent in that moment. 100%. Ooh. So we're in the introduction part of the book. Um, we are introducing the book, but we're also going through the introduction chapter in the book. So she goes on to um, talk about vulnerability and that it isn't optional. She says... Vulnerability is the core, the heart, the center of meaningful human experiences. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or disagree? I will always agree <laughs> with Brene Brown. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I agree. But yes, I, I think I had to do a mindset shift around the whole word vulnerable Yep. and all its other vulnerability. Yeah. Being vulnerable. Like however you want to use the word. I've had to totally change how I think about the word because of its true definition and what all it can mean and can do for you. Yeah. So one way that it's talked about is by putting yourself out there. And so I think some of our best, best memories are when you get around a group of friends you haven't seen in a while, 
what kind of stories do you share, right? Mm -hmm. It's usually the stories where something really awesome happened because you put yourself out there or (laughs) something embarrassing. But those are like the memories. I mean, think back to high school, unless you're in high school. Think back to elementary. Think back to <laughs> elementary school. Yeah, like Think one backwards. time I walked in the boys' bathroom, but totally convinced the one kid that saw me that it didn't happen. Did you for real? I did, and I was <laughs> like, those are some weird-looking toilets. Maybe, What's wrong with these? Maybe they're, you know, getting new ones, or those are the broken ones. Yeah. Man, there's only two stalls? Weird. Like, I went and used the restroom and everything and came out. And sat in line, and one boy goes, did you just come out of the boys' bathroom? And I was like, no. no. And I said it with so such confidence, because I really didn't think I had. And as I turned to sit in my spot, I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. That makes a little more sense. No one has to know. But Except see, now. Now the world now knows. the world knows. If you went to you Saint, the boys' bathroom. Yeah, St. Pius, St. Leo's Catholic School in Omaha, Nebraska. What are the gods? I think we'll be all right. Yeah, then that might have been you, sir. And yes, I did, in fact, go and use the voice restroom. And I'm alive to tell about it. Proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. I say I'm being vulnerable by telling these stories. Yes, I like that. Oh, another, I think we mentioned this, we have mentioned this multiple times. So we are together in a CG, which is our community group for our church, and You can have your community group or home group stay this level, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can choose to open up, be vulnerable, and then it immediately gets better Mm -hmm. in this really raw way. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, there's no other, you got to experience it to kind of know what it's, what it's it, what it feels like. I think that goes for a lot of relationships. Like your best friends. If you were to define that, are the people that you can be the most vulnerable about. Mm-hmm. You can share, you know, the not-so-good parts of you, and they love you anyway. And so, even in other communities or relationships, um, you can be vulnerable. And we'll get into this later, but I do want you guys to know this up front, too. She's not encouraging just go out there and blast your dirty laundry. Like, <laughs> yes, there are ways to be appropriate, vulnerable appropriately vulnerable in different right. social situations so this is not gonna be a you know i can walk. say whatever i want yeah walk no. down the street naked no being vulnerable no you're not you're being illegal yeah. please stop or um calling a cry for attention or yeah, yeah. So, so just know before you be like oh it's going to be one of those books no no this is gonna um test your mental limits you have on yourself and you might you wanting to share a thing and this gives you the courage to do so or even if it's just feeling a certain feeling like falling in love or giving your friend a hard truth like oh, that's definitely being vulnerable you putting yourself out there like that too so it, it can look a lot, a lot of different ways even from a leadership perspective oh for sure how do you show vulnerability while maintaining respect yeah yeah so. it's hard okay um, so then it gets into, she talks about when failure is not an option, you forget about learning and creativity and innovation. So, um, sometimes being vulnerable might lead to failure or you feel like sharing your failures isn't something you can do. And so if you live again in this perfectionist lifestyle, um, where you can't let anyone see you fall, uh, and got to be perfect, that mm-hmm. that stifles learning, creativity and innovation. Right. 
Uh, and Angela Duckworth backs up the, all of that that you just said. You have to fail in order to learn, to be creative, to be innovative, all of that stuff. And also, not only like having yourself kind of screened off, but you could do that with mistakes or with failures. You can also do that with your emotions. So we want you to not be a sociopath. We want you to feel your feelings. <laughs> so there's that. It's, again, the phrase, it's better to have loved than lost than never to have loved at all. Mm-hmm. So, which is true. It is true to have that, you want that experience in life instead of just, you want to have live in a bubble of no emotion so that you never get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's not a way to live either. What are, what are we doing? Yeah. We're all going to make a mistake at some point. And I know personally that, I have more respect in how a person handles a situation when things go awry. Yeah. I don't really expect perfectionism from anybody except myself, but I'm working on it. Recovering <laughs> perfectionist. Wing one. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, what we know does matter, but who who we are matters more. Right. I've been trying to tell my kids when they when they make a mistake, it's it's not the mistake you made, it's what you do right after the mistake that defines who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Are you going to fall down? Are you going to lay down? Or are you going to get up and go? Yeah. And they're, one of mine is trying to apologize, right? Mm-hmm. She knows that means that she's admitting she did something wrong. So instead of just owning up and saying sorry, she would rather justify why she did what she did and all I want to see her do is, hey, I messed up. I just wanted to own it. Just, mm-hmm. And it's okay. You know, well, I wonder if, so last episode, or maybe two episodes ago, we talked about the different the five different types of apologies oh. by, by the mm-hmm. same couple who did the love languages. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if she's apologizing her way, but it's not the way you want to be apologized to. Yeah. So I wonder if that's, I don't have them all memorized, so I don't know if that's one of them. Mm. That'd be fun to do. We'll link that one again for y'all. Another good point about the whole daring greatly and being vulnerable is everyone has been given a gift or skill set. And we've talked about this all last mini series. Mm -hmm. So you choosing not to be vulnerable can also keep other people from growing. So let's say you went through this trial and you've overcome it and you have a way to get through it or past it. Or even if you're just one or two steps ahead of being on the other side of it. There might be someone else out there who has no starting place. They don't know what to do or how to go about it. Mm-hmm. So just by your sharing your story, that can help them through it. I've also heard 80% of people want to or have a book idea. They just yeah. don't write it. 80%? Yeah. And how many, and I think the way the math worked out, it ended up being 1% or 2% only write the book. Mm-hmm. So think about all the ideas we don't have or all the stories we don't have or all the help we don't have because people just aren't showing what they have. Yeah. I think back to, um, our listeners choice episode, um, Stephanie French was shared, uh, going through the grieving process of losing her mom at a young age, mm-hmm. horrific car accident. Um, talked about forgiving the late, the girl that caused the accident, recovering through the pain and recovery, it's a really great episode. And again, she had to be very vulnerable because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what the perfect way would have been to like go through such a process. Right. Um, but her sharing her vulnerability helps listeners be able to relate. Right? Yeah. If she came on and talked about this flawless process she went through, 
that doesn't help the person who's feeling like, I should really be at the point where I forgive this person, but I can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, instead she's like, it took me this many years, and I tried this, this, and this, but now I can forgive this person. Right, that's episode 18, we'll link it. But I like what you said, and she did, I think she said six years ago I would have never been able to do this. I think yeah. she said six. She said even last year I started kind of feeling like, okay, maybe now I'm ready yeah. to share my story. So it took her... 16 16 years Mm -hmm. to kind of put all the pieces together to come up with a roadmap on how to get there. So that, I mean, that's what you could do for through any, any hard thing you've gone through that's challenged you or gotten you more gritty. That's going to be, you have a roadmap already. You just have to show people how to get there. Yeah. Someone told me once that, um, your struggles will be, your battles will be someone else's roadmap. Yes. Um, you know, you don't have to be an expert with a bunch of letters behind your name. But, you know, people want to have connection with people that have, are real and have gone through it because they want to see how you come out of it because we're all going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Tool belt. Yeah. Okay, a quick overview of the book. So we just kind of talked about the forward or the intro to her book. Next episode is chapter one. We're just going to break it up chapter by chapter so that it's in more manageable chunks for all parties involved. Chapter one is scarcity looking inside out, wait, looking inside out of the culture of never enough. So again, what scarcity is, feeling of never enough. Chapter two is debunking the vulnerability myths. She goes over four myths on what people generally think vulnerability is. Chapter three is understanding and combating shame. Chapter four, the vulnerability armory. That one's good because then she goes over a thing we do and then the thing you can do to help you with that. So, yay! Chapter 5 is Mind the Gap, Cultivating Change and Closing the Disengagement Divide. Chapter 6 is Disruptive Engagement, Daring to Rehumanize Education and Work. Chapter 7, Wholehearted Parenting, Daring to Be the Adults We Want Our Children to Be. And then she closes with final thoughts. And if you have the audiobook, she has a PDF in the back on her research strategies and stuff. Yep. I we definitely have chosen books that t- sell you or tell you truths about life, but then they tell you how to go about it. So instead of like you should eat healthy, and then it ends <laughs> Thanks, there. Bye. <laughs> you know, oh, here are easy ways to eat healthy. Here's some right. snacks. Here's some cheap ways to feed your family healthy foods. Yeah, not this book, but that was just an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love books where they tell you how to improve something but they actually give you tools to do that. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, So we'll do our affiliate link for you to buy the book and grab your copy. We'll give you guys a freebie that follows our mini-series like we always do. We'll switch it up this time on you and see what you got. And that's all we have for this time. Next week we'll talk about Chapter 1, and that will be amazing. See y'all then. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog, where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We're here to help you become your best self with a community that cares.